Hello and welcome to the Event Industry News podcast. The podcast is kindly sponsored by Visit by GES, our smart event solution partner. For more information on Visit by GES and its smart event solutions, head over to visit.ges.com. A very good morning, uh, afternoon or evening to our podcast followers, uh, wherever or whenever you may be tuning in to us from. Um, don't forget to stay up to date with all of the latest content from eventindustrynews.com by downloading the Event Industry News app, which is available for all the major mobile devices. You can also get your opinions to us using Twitter via at Event News Blog. If you are watching the live stream of uh, tonight's podcast on Tuesday the 19th of September, um, you can actually submit questions to us during the podcast, which I can put directly to our guest, and you do that using the uh, the GoToWebinar uh, questions box that you should have on the screens in front of you. So on today's episode of the podcast, um, we're going to be looking at a subject that we're broadly calling top tips to bulletproof your event and keep your attendees safe. Um, all will become clearer as we dive into the subject, but first to welcome our guest. Our guest today is the CEO of event technology company ShockLogic, John Martinez. John, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, John joins us from uh, Vienna. Um, and he is uh, been working there, and I, as I understand it, just before we came on air tonight, John gave us a quick look around the Congress Center that they're in, and um, this is actually the end of the Congress, so there's a big uh, breakdown going on at the moment, and everything's yeah. being cleared out. Um, how long have you been over in Vienna for, John? Uh, since the 14th, yeah. Okay, so been, yeah, and, uh, five days now. and just drawing to a, a conclusion now. Um, yeah, we were wrapping up today. Excellent. Um, as I said, the, the podcast subject today, top tips to bulletproof your event and keep your attendees safe, would suggest, I suppose, in the first instance that this is looking at something um, to do with security. But as per my introduction, ShockLogic, the company that you are CEO of, um, is an event technology company. So tell us, first of all, how event technology is tying in with the security aspect of, of major events now. Yeah, one of the things that I tend to make very clear is that I'm not a security expert. Um, the people that dedicate their lives to these things. Um, what my company does is that we we support security experts, we support conferences, events in general, of all types. Um, we are the technology that supports the, sec the security experts. Um, now, we, we're very aware that um, Awareness plus preparation is what we call safety. So the first thing that we see is um, we got to know what um, what we can run into. What what are the kind of things that we can encounter um, in in order to be able to prepare for that? Um, blind spots are blind spots, and whatever we don't see, we don't know. We don't know whatever we don't know. We don't know. And and. I suppose now security does, when we think about it, cover so many different aspects, doesn't it? We have the physical security of, yeah. of people, but we have, in its loosest sense, something that we could term cyber security. And yeah. working in the event technology industry and in events full stop, people listening to this podcast and watching the podcast will know how much data now flies around the, um, the event industry. I suppose mm. by putting it into some context, first of all, tell us about some of the clients that you're working for and perhaps that will highlight to our listeners um, why we're, we're addressing this issue of security. 
Yeah, um, I mean, we, we deal with clients like the European Court of Justice, with the United Nations, uh, WHO, a lot of um, uh, corporate, very sensitive, um, data sensitive uh, clients. And uh, so in, we've, been, we've been around for a while. Mm -hmm. we, we, we've been around since 1997. And um, I've, been around, I've been doing this for the best part of 30 years now. Um, all over the world. So we, we've seen a lot um, from working in very um, stable, we can say, um, environments, maybe, you know, some of the Scandinavian countries are so uh, stable, but we, we're seeing more and more that it just, it's happening all over the world. Um, so having that awareness is what allows us to uh, prepare for. So it's, it's the balance between the two things. And, and presumably then that, that 30 years of experience and, and ShockLogic being around since 1997, you've mm -hmm. been able to build up um, a historical archive, I suppose, of security issues and the requirements and the needs and, and the adaptations that your own customers have had to go through as they've, as they've shifted to holding more data and, use, and, and having to make that more secure. Yes, and um, it's not only having the data uh, uh, safe and secure. I'm now with um, GDPR, you know, there's um, there's there's a whole set of rules that are coming uh, to Europe um, that. There's, there's no way around it, you know, it's coming, it's, it's happening, on how we can keep data, on how we have to keep data, how we are allowed to use that data. But then in, in general, um, the advantage with the, or um, advantage or disadvantage with the events industry is that um, we're talking about people, you know, real human beings coming, you know. And when, when we have experienced things like what happened in, in Manchester, uh, now sure. I mean, in London, you know, uh, there's, there's so much going on. And at the same time, then we had the, the different cyber attacks we have had. And um, I tend to say, well, if they can hack into the NSA, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what chance many of us have. Um, so I think that the, the only thing is to be able to, the, what I would like to do tonight, well, it's, 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 not, it's not for me in Vienna. Um, <laughs> Um, is to be able to to be able to give some giveaways that whoever is listening to this was going to listen to this in the future is able to okay, being that that's something to pay attention to, and um, and what can we do about it and um, you know what we simple mere mortals can do about our events, uh, you know if we're not the European Court of Justice if we're not the United Nations, but we're running a, an event or a conference, what are the kind of things that we can encounter that will that we can prepare for? Sure. And, and, and on a practical sense, and, and a lot of people in the events industry like to know uh, and reference things on a, on a very sort of practical hands-on sense. And um, uh, prior to us coming on air this evening, we were talking about this subject and, and having a look at maybe some of the avenues that we could explore and put things into context. And we were talking about things like um, things like scanners and how the actual the technology side of it does actually interact with the physical side of it as well mm -hmm. and how that's developed. Um, perhaps that's a good starting point uh, in terms of linking the physical to the technological and looking at how the service and, and, the, and how you've adapted and, and created stuff to work on that level of security. Yeah, um, 
you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. We can all embrace uh, security using technology that is actually quite um, affordable and reachable. Um, you got QR codes and barcodes, and uh, you got, I mean, of course, it can go all the way from face recognition to, you know, to a simple QR code or barcode on a batch. You know, this is an example. This is the conference I'm, I'm, I'm right now that we are supporting. Um, and it is, uh, th there are other uh, technologies that we could be using like RFID or NFC. RFID and NFC is simply, it's the, it's the same technology that we use in our uh, Oyster cards. Um, but then um, some of these technologies would allow us to, um, to, to, to be able to, to recognize uh, the individuals that are attending and then how to control um, the attendance in this case. Now, this could, you know, we, we can take a step back from the point of where the individual either registers for um, the event or the conference or buys a ticket, you know, how, how do we keep that, that safe? We, we, we had, at this event, we had a, a case where a, a doctor, a, this, is a, the, the, this is the World Congress on um, Ultrasound for Obstetrics and Gynecology, so it's a medical conference. Sure. A, a bogus fake website was set with a URL very similar to the society's uh, URL. Yep. And so delegates, delegates that um, we're looking for to register, to book rooms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, found a website. It looked real enough, and they booked and they paid and say they sent money. I mean, I have real life cases here that this just happened. You know, mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the things to be aware of is that um, this is happening out there, and there are people who are now have waking up to the fact that they they can do this. Um, it, it's becoming more sophisticated, and and this is, I suppose, this this is moving us to answering the question as to, as to how does the event technology side of things tie into security, and, and it goes without saying now that people understand whether they be consumers or professional people, whatever their background, people understand now just how valuable data can be and information can be. Um, both monetary-wise and, and, and in other senses as well. So that there's that increased level of protection. When, when we look at things like, uh, uh, I was looking through a, a, a presentation that I know that you've um, that you've given uh, previously on, on this subject, um, and looking at um, how stuff like beacon technology is is being deployed in um, in. Uh, events so that we can actually track movements of people and again this is looks to me like an element of tying the physical into the technological as well um, I don't know if that's something that you can perhaps expand on maybe there's some examples of where you've you've been deploying that level of technology for that precise purpose yeah um, so there are let's say location recognition right so if we um, if we take the the lower um, echelons of um, the technology that we can that we can apply. So we can apply um, either offline scanning, you know, mm -hmm. so we apply a QR code and a barcode. Um, the barcode in this case is just a number. 
that will tie together with the database. So it identifies the number here under the barcode, identifies me as a person involved with this event. Sure. And the QR code has the same thing. Now, we could put a lot of more data in the QR code. The QR code can host up to 3,942 characters. So you can put a lot of information there. Now, th there's a caveat. Uh, on that, and we can come back in a moment. Then you have the next. The next step up is um, RFID and NFC. Means that uh, I, as an individual, will have a badge that has a chip, and I will touch a reader like we do in, in London. We have the um, the Oyster card that many of us uh, use, and uh, so well, we have to tap our Oyster card against the reader. So is is that right? So. The, um, this is called proximity. This technology is called NFC or FID proximity. So I have to bring the card really close to the reader. Now, sure. there's another level of technology called vicinity, which means that there will be a sort of antenna that will read, it will activate a little chip that is inside of this card, and it will read it, and it will identify it. So this, this could happen in real time. So we, in real time, could know who we got. So imagine that we create a gate where we have such an antenna or such a reader, but now, and now we have mats also. So it, it looks like a, like, a, like a piece of carpet. And when you walk on top of it, it has created a, um, a space, uh, yep. actually a, a magnetic field, where the card that is in my batch is being read, it, and it, it could be a security man with a camera identifying that actually the person that's carrying the badge is me, which is 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 a already that as a level of security is really 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 good. Um, if I this, just just, yeah. just on that example, I'm so, sorry, sorry to sort of fire a question, but on that specific um, example, then in the highest level of security, could you have a scenario where somebody walks through that that field and there's a security person watching a monitor, and the badge then indicates the face of the person that is wearing that badge, and if the face doesn't match the badge, the security person stops them. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what what what, what, um, what we want, and. Yeah. Um, so and this is this is not really difficult. This is not really expensive uh, to apply. Um, we, um, it, it is more, and that's why I tend to say I'm not a security expert because then I would, would work with security expert that would stab that person and do something about it physically, you know, to say, okay, why are you carrying a badge of somebody else? Um, it could simply be that uh, uh, my colleague couldn't come today to the conference, and it's me. Is it, so he gave his badge to me, and now I'm going to take his place. Could be from that sort of simplicity to all kind of complexities. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, in this case, the um, the reader would identify the the card, and you know something can be done. And then you have something called uh, there. There are a few technologies out there. Uh, Eye beacons. Um, yes. There's a there's a, there's a there's an Austrian company called Waitation, who have come up with a very um, uh, very cool way to. Uh, it's it's a little tag that you can hang on to the batch, mm -hmm. and then. Um, they, the, there are readers all over the, 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 the venue, and then as you move, uh, they can identify the movement, and then uh, you can actually identify flow. So 
it, let's talk about security and safety. Even even when it comes to having too many people in a venue, you know, yeah. or are we? Um, how is the public flowing? I mean, we recently we you know we we there was a piece of news on the uh, on CNN today that I I, I I heard about a riot that came um, that started because the, the venue was full and didn't allow more people in. And a riot broke out. So that, that is a massive security risk for somebody that's organizing a festival of, or a concert. Um, so these kind of things can be, something can be done about it without having to either spend a lot of money. It's just preparation. It's mm. just, and that's why we say awareness plus preparation is safety. This level of preparation, and I suppose this level of sophistication as well, comes comes at a a cost. Um, how difficult is it to to actually implement the, the, these sort of levels of of security and deploy these levels of technology whilst also fitting in with continually shrinking budgets? Every year they'll come to you with a tighter budget and and perhaps demand more from you. Okay, let's talk about the 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 share the the. The event market share that we that where the margins are the smallest, which is music, um, uh, entertainment, um, festivals, mm. um, the margins are very thin, and promoters and organizers are constantly fighting to try to provide a a good service, a good show, and still and 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 and, and make some money. As because they, they they are they are in business. So what we have done is we created a um, for example we have a we have a, a client called um, a resident advisor, uh, which is a, a very uh, successful organizers organizer of uh, techno events and uh, uh, in the UK and. Um, and what we do with them is we, we have we have partnered to create we are consolidators so they can sell tickets from any 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 source and you have all these different right. sources that they sell tickets because the promoter wants to sell tickets right badly they want to get the news out there and people to buy tickets as much as they can so but the problem is that all these tickets have different types and numbers and papers and receipts and some come electronically, some not, some you have to pick it up, some they send it to you at home. So what do we do? So what we, we take all this data, we consolidate it, and we create one single set of data that can be verified as a comment. So there are two things that we need to deal with, right? Is that speed is precision and then speed of access. Normally yeah. the, the bottleneck is the physical check because after what happened in Manchester and what happened in the Stade de France, and with, you know, we, we, we have to be aware that there are people out there that wants to do harm, you know, and and, and it's and, the sad reality. It's a sad reality, you know, and and we just had something in London with luckily uh, nothing major happened. Most of the injuries were uh, came from from the panic, yeah, um, but. It could have happened, right? So the bottleneck becomes the physical check of the bags. That would become the bottlenecks because security-wise or technology-wise, we're being able to create a very stable and fast Wi-Fi. We have scanners which are infallible, so you 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 scan once and the person gets through the door because we have a large queue of people that we need to deal with. And um, so what we have done now is that we have been able to 
at very, very low cost. So you were asking for accessibility to cost. This is this is where the margins the margins are the smallest. Because if we're talking about events like United Nations or uh, European Court of, Court of Justice, although this uh this um the risk is massive because of the importance of people, um, they have they have the budget. Sure. Lots of the time yeah. to, to deal with that yeah. stuff, and if we're talking about um, corporate events where they want to really monitor who's coming on, at, you know, then they also they're willing to 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 put the the money where the mouth is. The the, the issue is the the small entrepreneur that that wants to organize this kind of events but need to keep it safe. So what we have been able to do is to consolidate all that data. We take all this different information and data from all the different vendors, put in one single uh, data pack, and then we do the verification. We do the scanning and the and the checking of all that data. And we have managed tens of thousands of um, of records and 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 visitors and guests and and uh, and, and and punters uh, in hours in you know really really efficiently and that that by improving the uh, simplicity and and the efficiency that you're getting people into a venue and out of a venue and around them and within certain areas of a venue you're 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 also taking away this panic element you you mentioned uh, you alluded to, to this issue that we've had um, in London London um, just in the last few days where most of the injuries thank God were actually caused by people who in the panic quite rightly of trying to evacuate the, the, the tube and get out actually were, were, were crushed or tripped over each other and suffered injuries in that in that variety so anything that eliminates and tries to reduce any panic or feeling of vulnerability in a queue if you have thousands of thousands of people waiting to get into a venue there's that feeling of vulnerability that Wow, there's a lot of people here. Can they, can't they just get us in a little bit quicker? So if you are helping to do that, you're actually reducing the stress levels of, of your exactly. customers. And, and that's exactly why I dare to talk about this subject, although I'm not a security expert. Um, mm. I have all, all the respect for security experts, and that's why I'm, I make it very clear. I learn, I learn from them. We just make sure that with our understanding of uh, people flow, and because 95% of the time is logistics and is people flow, crowd control, more than just uh, technology. So we, so we, we, we understand that uh, um, how the logistics are managed are vital because it doesn't matter how good the technology is, if you don't have enough gates to validate people, sure. Too little equipment, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and 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 we have uh, really good metrics about this, and we have really good um, um, examples about it. We have worked with really sophisticated um, um, technology uh, people. Um, we have worked with with a team from the University of Liverpool that have cameras where they can measure the amount of people in a crowd moving. Um, so imagine a football game in the UK, um, you know, Chelsea Arsenal hmm. game. This is massive. It's a massive stadium. I'm talking about tens of thousands of people sitting in the same place, and some of them don't like each other. Um, sure. And um, so there is enough technology out there, and it's really is it's really accessible. It's more accessible than we that we imagine. Um, 
on the subject of, of working with, with other organizations and other people, um, have you actually worked with and taken the lead from any security professionals to actually adapt the systems that you provide to any of the requests or suggestions that they've made to you? Yes, um, in many cases what we have done is that we have, we have been able to, um, um, the, the fact that we have seen so much um, gives us a, a great, um, gives us a plethora of options what to grab from and mm -hmm. what to learn from. We, we have been uh, very much involved in large events, very large events in, um, in, in emerging economies um, where the, the resources are scarce. Um, uh, the internet is not very good. Um, uh, not even power um, um, was really accessible all the time. And um, so being able to, uh, having had that experience, having had that uh, wealth of knowledge or having been on the ground doing the job and, and, and feeling what the nuances are is what has given us the opportunity and the privilege to work with some, some really um, uh, large and professional organizations. Um, I'm going to stop things there just ever so slightly because um, we've had a question come in from, from one of our live listeners. Um, tonight's podcast is going out live uh, on Tuesday the 19th of September so we do have live listeners. Apologies to anybody who is listening or watching this back after that date but um, a question that's come in from one of our, our listeners uh, this evening. Um, how will GDPR affect John's business and our events? Um, for those of you who are not familiar, GDPR is a General Data Protection Regulation which will come into effect on the 25th of May 2018. Um, it, it's almost a follow-on as I understand it from uh, the Data Protection Act which we've had in the UK for a number of years now but this is something that's, that's going to be rolled out EU-wide and the UK have already said that irrespective of the fact that we've taken the decision to leave the EU, they will be adopting GDPR as of the 25th of May 2018. So, the question, John, how, quite simply, how will it affect your business? How will it not affect our business? It's, 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 more, it's, more, it's, it's, short, it's a shorter answer. So, I, I think it will affect our business in every single possible way, not only our business, but the events industry in general. Because anyone that's capturing data um, is, is going to have to step up and um, first is to how, how do we um, collect the data, how do we um, validate that data, how do we store that data, and then how we use that data. is a really all-encompassing. I think it's, I think it's the, 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 the key word is it's spam killer um, because we won't be, you know, anyone that is sending us uh, spam emails is, is breaking the law uh, from that moment on. And uh, so, also, how do we keep this this information? How do we how do we do a good service? Also, because that's going to be the key thing. We're going to have to get really, really clever. Um, and we've been working on this already, you know, since the beginning of the year, since since uh, uh, GDPR came into into the 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 the, the scene. If we put it in a way. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, how do we keep on giving a good service and not become a pain in the neck at asking you for information all the time and, um, and, and in that case I think all of us that uh, work with data are going to have to become more um, 
sophisticated. And, and in terms of how it affects you working globally, because as we put out, you're in Vienna at the moment. You've, you've alluded yeah. to, to, to events that you've worked on in, in London. Um, presumably, you're also working across the Atlantic in the United States as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would guess that there's probably most of the major countries in the world you can now tick off as having worked in and provided a service to. How yeah. difficult will it be to adapt your business doing what you do to work within the confines of GDPR within Europe but then also stay compliant with other regulations in other parts yeah. of the world. I think I think that uh, what that is triggering is triggering a lot of dialogue. It's triggering a lot of dialogue between us and our customers, and our customers' customers. Mm -hmm. um, so it's allowing us to actually identify a number of weaknesses that somehow many of us were forced to put into place. Mm -hmm. And um, so, uh, remember, I was saying before about the, the the QR code, right? Yes. So one of the things that happens is that because this can host up to three thousand one hundred and forty-two characters, some organizers or technology companies would put all your details in there, right? So imagine you have all the details in there, and then you have an event mobile app, and then you have within the event mobile app a functionality called um, business card exchange, let's call it. Okay. So I, uh, everyone has a badge in the event. So I approach you. We make contact. Really, you know, this is great. I want to make contact with you. I read your uh, QR code, and because all the data is there, I immediately capture your data. That sounds great. That's great for networking, right? That's great. I mean, the the, the two reasons to organize an event. One is this, the distribution of content or information. And the second one is connecting people. If it, and you can apply this to everything. You know, content could be music, could be entertainment, it could be um, knowledge, it could be information, marketing, sales, it could be science, it could be content. And connecting people is is the fact that uh, since the 80s, I've been waiting for the online event like this that we're doing, right? To get rid of the face-to-face -face experience. Uh, I've been waiting for that. The same thing as with the, the, the paperless office. You know. um, mm. so, what, so this is one of those risks. We will not be able to do that anymore because if my badge then is in a photo and somebody's able to expand that photo, right? because we, you know, we're all friends, yeah. we're taking a photo all together, and they will be able to scan my QR code and identify my QR code as a, as with my data somebody that I didn't change my information with. So we're going to have to become more careful about what we do with that. Yeah. Because with GDPR, that will not be allowed anymore. Yeah. So you have people going around, uh, I mean, in, in the worst case scenario, people walking around uh, an event or an exhibition or a conference and yeah, just scanning everybody's data, yeah. everybody that they can, whether they're relevant to them or not, just exactly. going around and, and, and scanning, scanning, scanning. And you can do this with a, with an app that you can download for free, you know, at a, a QR code uh, reader. Um, yeah. a, a lot of uh, um, a lot of um, exhibitors that want to go or uh, booth uh, booth managers, exhibitors at trade shows. I mean, one of the big things is that they want to be able to scan as many people as possible because they have to go back home, you know, the uh, and then be able to prove the ROI for having been at that event and how many contacts and how many leads they're going to work out with. So this is also really important. So 
we need to be able to allow the access to the information, but we need to be, but we're going to have to become a lot more clever about how do we do it because that won't be allowed anymore. For example, this is one of the examples that GDPR is going to it's going to bring. You know, one of the things that we tend to say to our customers, and it's really really important, is that, and when we're talking about tips on on how do we want to, um, what we suggest they do. First of all, is that have a strategy. Even if it is a simple strategy, have a strategy. Have the thought about security and have a strategy about what you want to do. The second thing is that uh, is the, 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 the five W's, right? Um, I always say start with why, and then you got who, what, when, and where. Yeah. And that, and that, is, that is vital. And just putting that together is going to answer a lot of the questions that we're going to encounter. A simple thing, use HTTPS. Every time you have a website, every time you have a form, use, it, it is, you know when you type the URL on the, on the browser and you type HTTP, ask your technology provider, ask your website designer or a netmaster or web Whoever's person, good. To make sure that you have a the S behind which is security, so HTTPS, which means that every message that is sent from there is encrypted. Right. And and this is something that can be bought online really cheaply. You know, I'm talking about you know, twelve quid. Um, okay. Um, and 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 it is one more layer. And that that, that that's good advice because because certainly that that's a new one on me. And I've seen it before. I've seen HTTP. I've seen HTTPS. Um, a lot of people would go into a, a, a browser, and and in the in in the in the bar at the top, they will just type in www. Still, yeah. and it will redirect them. And they, and some people don't even type yes, the Ws exactly. anymore. They just put the name in, and the exactly. search bars and Google or whichever search engine you're using are just one and the same. Um, is uh, that I suppose asks a bigger question on, on website security and and tips like that yeah. are very useful to people who who maybe have a basic idea of how to use the internet like most people do now, but don't have that detailed level of, of technology insight as to what difference a simple letter could make on their on their URL. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's a simple letter, but it it goes a long way. So if you're setting up a website or a ticketing site or an event registration site or an RSVP form, because you you are you are a corporate organizer and you know all the whole audience, so you're just sending you know a a um, you just need a response of yes, I'm coming. Make sure that your supplier, your your technology supplier, is is doing it under an HTTPS. Great, great advice. Um, uh, there's, there's something else that I, I was wanting to um, to ask, and it, it it relates to how we go forward from here from a registration point of view. Um, and that is, is it going to become more more difficult to register? Um, and I, I'm looking at scenarios where I could go online to uh, the registration page of an exhibition that's. Uh, Excel or the NEC or a major exhibition center and in a couple of minutes I could quite easily just register a name, a company and some details there. I could set up a Gmail email address very very easily and I could enter that exhibition or that trade show or whatever it may be under a false name, under a false company name and there's nothing really that's been 
done to verify that I am who I say I am. Um, are we are we starting to enter a scenario where I guess it's already done at some of the high level events that you're operating with things like the United Nations yeah, and, and yeah, European courts where people would need some sort of identification, driver's license or passport. Are we going to start facing scenarios where other events of, of what would traditionally be lower security levels are actually asking to see people's identification in order to register? The, the, for example, a simple, simple case. I, I think that it is all, and, and what we tend to say to our um, organizer clients is that it's their demand that, that forces people like us to step up, right? Is that the organizer actually says, we need this. We want this. This needs to be done so we don't get complacent and we're going to get lazy and we have to step up and do things. Simple case. Imagine that you're registering to any of this event that you have described, right? And there's a link in that event. As soon as you put your email address, there's a link to your LinkedIn profile. And right. it's going to bring up, it's going to bring up your, your photo. That is absolutely legal, absolutely understood, absolutely accepted. And you're going to be able, so we're offering you the opportunity to, for people to recognize you because you're going to this event. Part of it is to be, to be seen and to see others, right? Mm -hmm. But then it creates transparency. So if there is transparency, why, why wouldn't be able to see your face? We can take your, the photo from your LinkedIn, uh, your LinkedIn um, uh, profile and be able to um, connect to it uh, through an API. Which yeah. is an application program interface. It's, it's a it's a piece of software that joins together other systems. I don't know if you're seeing now when you're going to log in. It says log in with Google or log in with your Facebook sure. account, yeah. etc. Yeah. So it's that. So as information is more readily available out there, those of us that have nothing to fear and actually are there because we want the education and we want to be uh, uh, to be seen because this is part of our industry of the job that we do, then you know, I'd be totally uh, happy with my LinkedIn profile to be linked and people to find me and actually send me some information. I decide who I befriend, who I uh, put onto my network or not. You know, I have that, that sort of freedom. Um, also, of course, the, the, the detail of this is that uh, how can that be used for spamming? And that's what GDPR comes into play because I, as a technology um, provider that is supporting the organizer, have to step up, provide you as a visitor and as an attendee with an easy-to-use interface and at the same time keep your data safe. So the two things have to work. It, it's great advice. and and, and I think what we've done in today's podcast is is we have looked at the topic that we said we were going to look at at the, at the right at the beginning of today's episode but what we've also done is we've touched on some very very useful bits of advice to people who are out there in the industry um relevant to GDPR if people hadn't haven't come across it look it up it's going to affect as John rightly points out it's going to affect everybody working in the events industry everybody handles data of some description GDPR which comes into effect on the 25th of May 2018 ultimately will end up affecting everybody who runs an event of some description and the way in which you manage and you hold that data as John rightly points out um, John if, if people are perhaps wanting to to go beyond this podcast episode and get in touch with you and and would you be happy for them to, to come to you with any any queries or any follow-up questions that they've got on today's podcast 
Absolutely, absolutely. Feel free, no strings attached. Um, whatever we do, it's going to enhance the meetings industry. It's good for everybody. Uh, there's enough food for everybody. Also, I'm, I'm absolutely, absolutely a believer on that. Um, my email address is john at shocklogic.com. That is available uh, for you guys. Um, um, uh, my Twitter account is uh, at SL John Martinez underscore John Martinez, and our website is www.shoplogic.com. Um, all of it available um, for you guys to to just approach us and ask questions. Um, uh, we'd be happy to 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 answer. Fantastic. So, so maybe if if uh, people who are listening to this, um, whether it's during the live stream or if you're watching or listening to this podcast um, after the live stream has gone out uh, uh, on follow up, then by all means hop on Twitter at Event News Blog is the Event Industry News Twitter. John's given out his. Find John and find Shock Logic on Twitter and get some questions to us because there are a number of subjects that we've covered today, as I said. But I, I'm actually certain that we can actually dive into some of these subjects individually Absolutely. on an even deeper level. And I'm sure that a forthcoming episode of the podcast, we will look in more detail with, with some other guests at GDPR and the impact it's going to have on the industry. But for now, unfortunately, we've come to the end of today's time and today's episode of the um, Events Industry News uh, podcast. Um, just a, a quick plug for our, for our watchers and our listeners out there. Event Tech Live this year is on the 9th of November. It's returning to the old Truman Brewery on Brick Lane in the heart of, of East London. It's a fantastic, vibrant area. Loads of technology companies, loads of digital companies who work in that part of London. So if you're involved in any form of event tech or the technology industry, full stop, get along to Event Tech Live on the 9th of November at the Old Truman Brewery. EventTechLive.com is the website. Head over there and register for that event. And uh, don't forget, we've also got the Event Technology Awards that follow Event Tech Live on the same day. Um, our thanks to our guest. Um, we've been joined by John Martinez. John is the CEO of event technology company ShockLogic. John, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, James, we, we are nominated for the People's Choice at the Event Technology Awards, so please. <laughs> no problems. I think you deserve that plug after the good advice uh, and the good content that we've uh, we've got from you today, Thank John. You. John's joined us for, joined us from uh, Vienna. Um, don't forget that the podcast is sponsored by Visit by GES, our smart event solution partner. For more information on Visit by GES and its smart event solutions, head over to visit.ges.com. Don't forget to follow up and. Uh, download the podcast as an audio version from iTunes. If you've been listening to the live stream today, head over to eventindustrynews.com. You can watch the video back and have a recap on all the content that we've talked about today. Questions to at Event News Blog on Twitter. And don't forget, there's the Event Industry News app, which you can download from all, uh, for all the major mobile platforms and uh, keeps you up to date with all the latest news that's coming out via eventindustrynews.com. There's everything in a nutshell. John, thanks again. Thanks to all our listeners. Thanks to all our watchers. We'll see you next time on Event Industry News Podcast. Thanks very much. Good night. Mm -hmm.